Thanks for tuning in to Bearcat Rewind, week three of our podcast here from Northwest Missouri State University, produced in the KXCV KRNW studios. I'm Matt Tritton. John Coffey will be joining me shortly. Uh, this week, we're talking with the field general for that 1999 Bearcat uh, championship team. It is Travis Miles, had a fantastic season for Northwest Missouri State, guiding the Bearcats to a 14-1 record. Uh, came out in that national championship game, a little bit rocky few interceptions early on in that football game against Carson Newman, but uh, really flipped the switch in that second half and took on that gunslinger mentality, which we talked with him about uh, in that game. 298 yards, five touchdowns, and led the Bearcats back, obviously, from a huge deficit uh, onto a win there. So Travis Miles, we had a lot of fun with this interview. Hope you guys enjoy it as well. Want to mention that uh, Bearcat Rewind sponsored by the Northwest Missouri State Alumni Association and the Northwest Foundation. And you're invited to celebrate the kickoff of the Forever Green campaign for Northwest October 24th at 3.30 at the Bell Tower on campus. The Forever Green campaign is part of an effort to pave new pathways for students to excel, be a champion for Northwest, and leave your legacy. Help make the vision of the Forever Green campaign a reality for students who will come to know what so many others have learned before them. Nothing compares to being forever green. So come out and celebrate the campaign kickoff. Once again, that's October 24th at the Bell Tower. Now, last week it was Adam Doral. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Of course, we have this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and now iHeartRadio Podcasts as well. Uh, new this week and on. So Adam Doral last week. This week it's Travis Miles. We'll go ahead and dive into the interview. Hope you enjoy it. Well, former Northwest Missouri State quarterback Travis Miles joining us on the line now. Travis, we really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk a little Bearcat football. And uh, You mentioned being there in Omaha and quite a few Northwest alums around the area. Do you get a chance to talk about the Bearcats much where you're at? Uh, yeah, I get to talk with a few of the former guys. Uh talked to Andy Repelding quite a bit and uh, occasionally get to talk to Joe Blab, I think lives here in Omaha as well, and Kurt Lesman's up in Sioux City who makes his way down to Omaha a little bit as well. So, yeah, there's definitely some Bearcats around and still trying to keep in touch with as many as possible. Now, how much of that goes to hey, did you see what uh, Northwest Missouri State did this last weekend, or how much of it is, man, do you remember 99? <laughs> you got to relive some of those days. 99 tends to come up a lot. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's still it's still follow the program from uh, week to week. I'd still like to see them doing well and uh, still keep in, in, in contact with uh, keep up with the team as much as possible on a, on a week-to-week basis. Well, just – Diving right into it, whenever you kind of think back, and obviously this fall is twenty year anniversary of uh, of that win over Carson Newman, four overtimes. Um, you think back to that year. I mean, what's the first thing that kind of pops into your mind? Is it a particular play or a situation or um, you know a ring sitting on the mantle? What is it? No, I just just the grittiness of that team. Um, you know, we had you know breaking in quite a few new starters uh, in key positions with myself at quarterback and. Uh, David Jansen at running back and some O-linemen with Joe Glav and things like that. Uh, and just the adversity we faced early on in the season with the loss to UNO and then trailing at Pitt uh, half, at halftime uh, back when we actually played at Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, just And to be able to come back and get that win, which basically would have, if we lost there, it probably eliminates us even from even playoff contention back then because you're only you know, taking less teams at that point. Uh, so it was just kind of, uh, and then throughout the playoff run, uh, being kind of behind in each game, 
and finding a way to come back in each of those games as well. Uh, just, uh, just the grittiness of that team is kind of what I remember the most. Travis, when you think about that season and coming in uh, your first year as, head, as uh, the quarterback for the starting quarterback for the Bearcats, taking over for Chris from the year before and uh, coming off uh, a 98 national championship team and getting the medal to be the uh, starting quarterback in 99, just kind of talk about your mindset going into that season and uh, some of the things you wanted to do when you took over as the starting quarterback. Yeah, it's definitely uh, some big shoes to fill. You listed off quite a few accomplishments that Chris had, and then uh, have him go to the NFL as well, and uh, have a little bit of success there in the in the arena league as well. Uh, but I learned a lot from him. Uh, so you know, to take uh, what he kind of taught me as far as film sessions concerned, and uh, on a on a day to day basis as far as leading the football team, uh, learned a lot from him. Um, kind of wasn't the most highly recruited guy out of high school, so I always kind of had that little chip on my shoulder because I wanted to prove that you know, I, could, I, could, I could do it. Um, so just kind of taking those things, uh, both those things combined, and just trying to find the best way to lead, lead a football team. Well, with those expectations, everything kind of coming at you as you uh, go into that season, and you start 1-0, then you mentioned that loss to, to UNO, a uh, 40-17 loss uh, to Omaha. At any point after that, or or in that game, are you kind of sitting there like, man, we were fifteen and zero last year, high expectations. We're we're trying to go back and, and and go back to back, and all of a sudden we lose in week two. I mean, does any of that creep in your mind at all at that point? I don't know if it creeps in our mind, but it, you know, it's a, it's a nice wake up call uh, <laughs> to get kind of basically get it handed to you by UNO as much as they did. Uh, you know, it was kind of a kind of everything went wrong that night. You know, I think even the lights went out that night. Uh, rainstorm coming through. Uh, in fact, I think I rolled my ankle that game as well, and I think we had a week off before Pitt. And if I we hadn't had that week off, I don't know if I would have played uh, against Pitt that week. So, uh, just kind of all the things uh, kind of went right after that. But uh, it just kind of an, a little wake up call uh, going to UNO, uh, and I think it probably helped us in the long run. You know, uh, Travis, uh, talking with Coach Churchma about that 99 season and uh, you in particular taking over as quarterback, he felt that one of the strengths that you had just was the confidence in your own ability and also to not let adversity affect you to where you kind of had a short memory when things would uh, go uh, adversely in a ball game. You just kind of shrugged that off and uh, kept on plowing. And just kind of talk about how you obtained that type of mindset. Well, you know, my dad was a coach, so I just kind of always had that mindset and, uh, Believe me, uh, I have plenty of plenty of opportunities to come back from adversity. Some created uh, self-inflicted, <laughs> throwing some uh, bad bad interceptions and like that. But uh, you, know, you just try not to dwell on it. Uh, you know, rely on the teammates around you that had an incredible old line that I, you know, I don't know how many times I was hit that year, but it couldn't have been that many. Uh, and a, a good running game to fall back on too. So if, you know, you know, if things were going well on my end. We had plenty of other other, other things, uh, other guys to step up and uh, take over. Well, and adversity throughout that season of you know kind of facing deficits as it went along, and then every playoff game throughout. But when you're sitting down twenty four seven in that uh, national championship game, and you kind of go back through and, and watch that game, you know from uh, from that point on, you kind of look like uh, Brett Favre out there as far as it's like, hey, we got to come back and do it. I'm just gonna throw any ball I think I can fit in there, and by golly, you, you fit just about every single one in there and led this team back. Yeah, uh, didn't have much choice at that point. Couldn't get much worse. Uh, I think I had three picks in the first half. So uh, you had to make it look uh, good, right? Rough first half, yeah, so you come back in the yeah. second. It was uh, about everything that could go wrong. That first half did go wrong. Uh, you know, 
Car- you know, credit to Carson Newman there as well. They were, they were a tough team. Their defense was great, and they had, I don't know, a couple running backs that just, uh, you know, like bowling balls running through our defense. They're just, uh, they were a tough team. Uh, we kind of took it on the chin the first half. But, you know, there wasn't any panic at halftime. It was just kind of, and finally, the coaches didn't come in and screaming and yelling. They're just kind of, all right, let's just kind of forget that one and let's just come out and try to get back in this thing. Also, when you look at the receivers you had to throw to all season and going in and also in that national championship game as well, I probably had to give you a little bit of confidence to know that you had just an incredible set of receivers who had various talents that really, I think, meshed well together that you were able to find some of those guys to come up with those big catches. Yeah, you know, you had Ryan George, who was kind of the possession guy, and you had Tony was our big play guy, and J.R. kind of did a little bit of both, uh, uh, you know, you know, Tony was, you know, his ability on punt return and kickoff return was huge. I think he had a, I don't know if it was a punt return or kickoff return that game as well, but uh, that was a big key, key point for us to get a you know, quick seven uh, that way. Uh, you know, to have him back there and to be able to create a big play like that at any moment is, is always nice. Uh, he can turn a two-yard pass into an 80-yard touchdown pass, run, or pass real fast. Well, as that game goes on, you get late in that fourth quarter. I mean, you had some uh, threading the needle to J.R. Hill quite a few times, and he had a big game, three touchdowns. The one I keep coming back to is how in the world does Ryan George get his feet in after he makes that catch? What are you seeing when you're making that pass? And at any point do you release it, you're like, man, did I put that a little too high, or is that just where he wants it? Uh, I thought I overthrew it, I'm not going to lie. But it's the play we had worked on. Time after time, uh, um, we actually had Sabota had wanted a different play call, but we had convinced him to run that play. Uh, basically, it's only a, just a, it's just a go route. And, you know, when they actually they lined up and had the DB about seven yards off, and then I was questioning whether we should audible to the we had another play where he just pretend like he's fading and stop and maybe go to that. But we, we stuck with it, and he was able to pull it down. And I'm kind of glad maybe replay wasn't around at that time. <laughs> Uh, it was awful close, but a, a pretty impressive catch there too. And I assume at that point, you know, hey, it's all even. You're in overtime. I mean, it's all the momentum's on Northwest Missouri State side, right? Yeah. I, at that point, I thought we had. I had. I thought we were going to win. I thought it was. Uh, I mean, a foregone conclusion. We'd find a way to to get it out, uh, sneak out the W, um, especially when they fumbled the first uh, first possession in overtime. Uh, Maybe got a little little conservative there with the, the play calling for a little bit, but uh, when you have a kicker like David Purnell too, uh, it's hard to not uh, not trust him to make the kick. It just, just 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 didn't happen to go that time, but in the end, we found a way to get it done. It just took a little longer than expected. And how much of a help was it uh, just throughout that season? We talked a little bit earlier about uh, the adversity that this team had to face, uh, really from uh, the, the second week of the season on, and uh, in the playoffs in particular, with so many come from behind victories to get to that particular point where you're playing for a national championship. Uh, did that give you the confidence once you got into overtime to to really feel like, uh, hey, we've been here before, we can do it this time around as well? Yeah, and having experiences, you know, not necessarily myself, but having experience of being in the national title game. Uh, before a lot of the guys have been there, you know, last year. Or so, uh, and, and plus, with all the adversity we face, there's no doubt that helps in the long run. Um, you know, we faced it early in the year, then we probably went through a little uh, part of the second half of that season where we, you know, kind of rolling a little bit, and then you know, get in the playoffs and kind of go back to facing the adversity again. But uh, to have that experience, it definitely helped without a doubt. 
How crazy is that when you kind of think about it too? Of what your guys are, what you guys are able to accomplish that year, and you, you find ways to, to work through that, and you, you pull off uh, fourteen and one back to back national championships. When really, kind of look over your shoulder, it wasn't that long ago that uh, you know Coach T's first year, the team goes winless. Then all of a sudden, you work your way up five years later, and, and, and you're winning back to back national championships. I mean, is that is that something too? When you get into the program, and you know that it wasn't that long ago that it the program really started to build back up that, uh, that things could turn around that quickly. Yeah. Looking back, it's, it's pretty crazy to think that it happened that fast. Um, you know, is that, you know, once, once I was there and kind of, you know, I kind of got there at the tail end of the, the bad years. So it was, you know, we were starting to get, you know, an 11 and two season with a playoff run and things like that. So I missed, uh, missed the really down years, but you know, to have it a couple years before I come there, uh, and to see it turn around like that, and it just it goes to the character of the guys we the kids we brought in and the coaches and just things like that. Uh, it's just the the team uh, focus that everybody had um, from 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 the team manager all the way up to the head coach. Uh, it just was a pretty well machine, uh, you know. Even, but it, it, looking back, it's it, it's crazy to think that it could happen that fast. And when you were looking at a school to go to uh, to play uh, college football, uh, you talked about coming in kind of at the tail end of uh, the bad years. Uh, were you able to see at that point that uh, you're walking into something that was going to be pretty special? Yeah, I think on my recruiting visit, I could tell. I uh, just felt right at home. Uh, honestly, didn't have that many options to play for college football, so it was either kind of basically them or at that time UMR, uh, now Missouri S&T, so... Those are kind of my only two options, but I really felt at home in Maryville, and just uh, it was pretty much a no-brainer if they if they were going to have me, I was coming. So we feel like you made the right decision there <laughs> when choosing your football program. Slightly, uh, <laughs> just looking back when you know our conference record was thirty-six and zero, Missouri S and T was one thirty-six. So <laughs> I think I made the right decision. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it would have been quite the resurrection had you gone there and won the championship as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So now you're walking around Omaha. You know, you're wearing your Bearcat sweatshirt. I assume everybody's <laughs> looking at you and you're in there saying, "Well, this guy's wearing it because you know they won." Three championships from thirteen to sixteen, and he, you know, he doesn't really know what happened back in the day. But uh, do, do you educate people every once in a while of uh, what you accomplished back in the day? Yeah, I don't usually bring it up, but I'm, you know, <laughs> <laughs> people do bring it up to me from time to time once they figure out, uh, you know, what what happened and all that kind of things. And there's still people that love to comment on it's like they rewatch the video and they still don't believe that what happened. So uh, uh, it. It does get brought up from time to time, but I'm usually not the one bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Travis, what I find amazing is just how many people uh, either were down at that ball game or watched that on the ESPN that uh, still remember that game as vividly as they do. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Uh, I have people still come up to me that, you know, either a friend of a friend, you know, that just, oh, I watched that game. I remember that game. Uh, things like that. It was like, oh, and I, I think one of the stories I had is somebody actually – I was watching, turned it off, went and did something, came back, and it was still on. So he flipped it back on and was just watching it and just couldn't believe it was still going. So, um, yeah, there's a ton of those type of stories where, you know, people that aren't even Northwest fans that uh, were still watching that game. Well, that's probably one, too, that I guess the original attendance was probably, what, close to, you know, 15,000, and then now 20 years later, they, there are at least 75,000 people in the stands at that football game watching, so they all have stories. Uh yeah, Bill, Bill Curry had the line. I don't remember what his exact quote, but I know he said there would be a thousand 
people that are whatever his number was that don't say they were at this game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, do you have a chance? Uh, do, you, do you keep up with uh, Coach Churchma, Coach Shabota, or any of those guys at all? And uh, not only keep up with what they're doing, but kind of um, relive some of those memories. <laughs> yeah, kind of from a distance. I don't. I don't get down there as much. Uh, kids and family are kind of keeping me a little busy and things like that. Uh, I'd like to get down there more, but uh, you know, still, you know, following Coach Shabota either on. You know, with social media, it makes it a little easier to follow guys a little bit and see what they're up to. Uh, I still follow, you know, the central scores from week to week. And I know uh, John McMinniman, the quarterback after me, is actually the offense corner down there too. So um, I'd like to follow up those guys, but uh, don't get to visit probably as much as I'd like. But. Well, it really seems, Travis, like the, the 20 years just went by very fast. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago that uh, you were suiting up and uh, playing in that game. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, I guess we're not getting any younger. Uh, <laughs> it definitely doesn't feel like twenty years, but uh, I guess it has been. So, <laughs> could you believe when you got in the Northwest campus, also, uh, and, and you know, you're, you're first getting in here and you're, you're meeting your teammates around you? Could you believe that uh, you had a brother on that team that they recruited your brother Tony Miles as well? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my you're like, oh man, we must have been right? separated at birth, yeah. right? We always uh, used to play with people and say that he was adopted, but uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Some people actually believed us for a while. <laughs> like it's like we're just toying with people, but yeah, he uh, I he was my my roommate, and so was Jr. So uh, we were pretty close on and off the field. So it was nice having uh, that type of relationship with our wide receivers. Sure. Well, the, the chemistry and the camaraderie it surely paid off. Nineteen ninety nine, the Bearcats uh, four overtimes they beat Carson Newman for a national championship, back to back championships. Uh, last thing before we wrap up, Travis, but. And this is a loaded one, but is there Uh-oh. one play, one pass, one thing you kind of look back that you really hang your hat on that you can't wait to, like, as your kids get older, just continue to be like, show them? Obviously, you don't want to go out and brag in public, but to your family, the people in your house, you can do that anytime, right? Yeah, the the one to JR to tie it up was kind of the one that sticks out in my mind. Uh, kind of a play we had kind of drawn up in the dirt a little bit. Um, Actually, if you watch the video again, I kind of looked at the sideline and like have them redo the signals because I was trying to figure out what play they were actually calling. Uh, so it was just kind of uh, one of those you're just in the moment and you don't really don't really think about it until after the fact. And then looking back 20 years, it is you know just it's an amazing throw and catch and you know mind blocked well and just be able to pull it off. Uh, so that was a that one sticks out as far as the national championship game is concerned. A fantastic game, and we really appreciate you hopping on with us, chatting with us here on Bearcat Rewind. And, uh, you know, you're back in Maryville anytime. Let us know. We've got a spot for you up in the booth, all right? All right. Sounds good. Thanks again to Travis Miles for joining us and taping that interview with us here. He's a busy guy. Uh, a guy like that, so uh, important to that Northwest Missouri State comeback win over Carson Newman back in 1999 in that national championship game. Uh, once again, Bearcat Rewind, it is sponsored by Northwest Missouri State Alumni Association and the Northwest Foundation. We appreciate their support. We appreciate you tuning in. Also, thanks to uh, Austin Hall for engineering our podcast, as well as Alex Kurt for producing the intro and the outro music for us as well. Once again, watch for a new episode of Bearcat Rewind each Monday throughout the fall. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio Podcasts as well. For John Coffey, I'm Matt Tritton. So long.